The strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm going with the force of forces with me. That's not how the Force works. Well, that starts somewhere. Hey everybody, welcome to the KyberCast. This is the remote edition here at Grand Rapids Comic Con. We're recording remotely, it's our first time doing this, so there might be, and probably will be, some problems, but we're going to give it our shot. There already have been some problems. <laughs> yeah, it only, it only took 45 minutes to set this one up. That's okay. It's working. It's working-ish right now. Yeah, we can talk, but we can't hear, so I'll figure out what what goes wrong in the recording. It is day three here at Comic-Con. It's Sunday. We're, we just got here and got set up when people are starting to stroll in, looking at us, and it's really kind of fun. We've um, spent the first couple days getting used to the land here, uh, being our first podcast. Uh, people going by, waving, saying hello. Um, day one was uh, what do you think about that Mike I know I came in here and set up I, I'm not going to lie I had a few problems set up the backdrop so uh, <laughs> quick tip for those that do set things up at comic cons or any kind of uh, uh, convention two words zip ties yeah yeah you had a kind of a problem with that but it worked out the backdrop looks fantastic if uh, you haven't been to the con and checked us out make sure you look at our Instagram page uh, we're posting pictures there all con long. So that's kind of, I mean, yeah, we have Twitter. Yeah, we have Facebook. But this weekend especially, we're hitting Instagram hard. So if you can't attend the con or if you're looking for pictures of yourself in costume, uh, check us out. We're uh, Cabracast uh, on Instagram.com. But um, as far as day one, obviously, uh, Joe, Joe was here all day. I had to uh, work my day job. So I came in later that, uh, that afternoon. But I was here about an hour and a half, and I thought it was a lot of fun. Good vibe, good energy. I mean, I've been to a few cons. I've been to Chicago. I've been to Indianapolis. And this one is, it's obviously not as big, but it's not a small con. This is not this is not a con, you know, in a high school or something like that, or in someone's, uh, I don't know, any kind of community center. It's, it's decent, but it's not overwhelming like, you know, Star Wars Celebration in Indianapolis was, you know. No, was, no. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I felt fairly intimidated being by myself behind the booth for the first few hours. And, uh, you know, when we record these things, we're usually in our own place, our own little safe haven yeah. of, uh, you know, we can record and throw it out to people and they can listen. But being in front of people and trying to talk to people, uh, it's intimidating at first. And, but... You know, this is going to kind of dovetail into one of my favorite things that we have on here, not just day one, day two, and I'm certain as day three gets to uh, start here. My ultimate favorite thing here has been the people. Oh, yeah, 100%. I would agree with you 100%. They've been very nice, very helpful. Um, we have some great people that are next to us uh, uh, that have been very helpful. But overall, the guests that come in and we try to interact with them and tell them who we are because we came here really just to... You know, build a, a listenership and meet some new people and really kind of get our name out to the Grand Rapids area. And I don't think there could have been a better way to do this. This is probably one of the better decisions uh, that I think I can make or that we made 
uh, to get this podcast off the ground. Oh, I agree. I think the proof's going to be in the pudding in that um, it's going to be really interesting in the next week or two to see how many more follows we get on our various you know, social media sites, as well as how many more listens we're going to get. And, you know, a lot of people said, oh, yeah, I'll check you out, I'll check you out. But, you know, going, haven't been to many cons myself. I'm wondering what that, that follow-through is going to be. You know, I think as you were saying yesterday, if we hit 10%, I think we'd be happy. Yeah. But seeing as we've spoken to so many people, 10% would still be a, a fairly significant jump for us. So. Yeah, yeah, it definitely would be a jump for us. Um, another part of the, the people that makes it really exciting is there have been a few, I'm going to say few because it's not huge, that have come over to say hi to see us. Yeah. So we can't thank you enough, those that, are, that have listened and came to visit us. You don't know what it feels like to have somebody come over and say, hey, we listen to you guys, and um, just good to meet you. It was uh, an amazing feeling. Yeah, that's cool, because, I mean, yeah, we know there are people out there listening to us, and we also know that we're a smaller podcast. You know, we're we're just getting going, and we don't have any delusions of grandeur that we're going to be like, you know, Conan O'Brien with, you know, tens of thousands. I don't have the hair for it. (laughs) Right? But also, I mean... We, we're small enough that we literally appreciate every single listener that listens. Because, let's face it, we're, we're not huge. And that's okay. Yeah, you know what? Another thing, too, that was uh, very, very cool is the guys from Jedi Temple, Podcast, Jedi Temple Archives podcast stopped by. And you talk about a community of other podcasters that come over. And what's, what's really great is it's not about competition and so helpful he he stopped by twice and um gave me some tips on you know how to record and how to uh boost our podcast in a way that i'm gonna try out next week i'm I'm kind of leaving it as a surprise for michael you you won't tell me what it is i won't i won't do that um we have special guest al just stopped by from the neon club check out his booth is this KyberCast? This is the KyberCast. This, this is it. This, this is, is live. Podcast that I've always heard about and always wanted to be on. And now that I'm here, my life is fulfilled. There you go. Your dream has make, come Make true. sure you buy stuff at the Neon Club. I'm, He's I'm, friends with the Conja Club. Friends? Yeah. <laughs> well, one of the other cool things that I like here is just, I mean, I know we're in a booth and we're, and we're surrounded by... You know, various different artists and whatnot, but it's kind of cool for me as a long-term comics fan. And by the way, there's my phone going off because that's how coordinated we are that I completely forgot to turn my phone to silent oh, nice. while recording. Well, as you can tell, you're going to hear a lot of ambient noise and things like yes. that. It's not going to be the cleanest recording, but it will prove that we're here recording. Yes, but as, as I was trying to say, straight, like literally within my eyeline right now as I'm talking to you, our faithful listeners, is Jim Shooter. And if you're a long-time comic book fan, uh, you probably know who Jim Shooter was, or is. I'm sorry, he's still here. Um, He was the editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics in the early 80s. You can thank him uh, for Secret Wars, which was a huge event and toy line in the Marvel uh, universe there. Um, Whether or not you liked it, um, you know, there are some people that kind of, you know, throw shade at it now or even back then about its crass commercialism, but let's face it. Uh, he got people listening, or not listening, he got people reading. And it was very successful. And it's if you grew up in the 80s and were into comics, you definitely knew Secret Wars. So it's just kind of cool to look across the aisle, and there's Jim Shooter there signing books and hawking his products. Yeah, that's really sweet. 
you know, one thing that was um, really cool too was we met uh, some cosplayers yesterday. Oh yeah. And um, we're gonna really try and get with them uh, games of Ma of Mo's cosplay, and the best way to explain it is that they're really into the inclusion of anybody being involved in, in cosplay and really cool people from people with disabilities to size anything that you think of they're very very inclusive and they help make make the costumes for people and we're gonna we definitely we met them and we're gonna hopefully get them in a, in yeah, a future podcast they should be also in another website and I don't remember off the top of my head it was the same people yeah. it was uh, what 3C cosplay or something like that it was like uh Basically, the whole gist is it was it was um, for differently abled people, people that were dealing with chronic illnesses or yes. chronic disease. Yeah, and just it was it was really cool to meet them because you know obviously they're all about inclusion and making sure that you know everyone is is well included to use the word again uh, in the world of cosplay. And they were fantastic. We talked to them quite a bit and we got some of their information we're going to exchange. And I, I think we're gonna we, we talked about possibly doing an interview with them. So. We'll see what happens. I mean, there's a lot of po- possibilities here. Uh, we, we talked to some of the uh, people from the Capital City Comic Con. That was a lot of fun. They seem very interested. Uh, unfortunately, their next con is not till next September, so ten months away. Obviously, I plan on being here then, and I think Joe does too. So, yeah, if if we can get something going with them next year, that'd be fun. So it's just it's cool to have. I mean. I don't. I don't plan on the Cabercast going anywhere anytime soon. But it's it's cool now to kind of see these long term plans starting to come into effect. Well, I mean, people ask us, you know, why are you doing it or what's your goal? And I think we kind of solidified. Well, maybe solidified is not the best word, but we've kind of come to a, a goal that I think is reachable. In that, if we could be the local podcast for Grand Rapidians and Michiganders or anybody. Obviously, we'd love to be worldwide, but the point is, if we could be a really, really good local podcast, and maybe have events one day with that people want to come and, and you know, let's say when Kevin Feige's Star Wars film comes out in 2023, that we have enough of the listeners that we can get maybe even Celebration Cinema to give us a small right presented by yeah the or, cast or, or just rent out or the, for one showing or something right. yeah or I mean, host that would it. Be, I think that that'd be you know top tier dreams. I don't. Exactly. I don't have any thoughts that we're going to be anything like, you know, the ID10T, you know, podcast or anything that, you know, no, they do. You know, to me, Rebel Force Radio is one of my favorites. And those, right. are, those are professional guys that have done it for a long time. And I, I, right. I, I the big I'm not kids on the block. Yeah. We're, I don't think we have any notion that we're going to be something like that. So. Right. And I'm right. okay with that. And I, I don't know that I'd want to be much bigger than that just because, I mean... Sure, if I could quit my day job and support myself on a podcast, that'd be fantastic. But I'm also not... I'm realistic about it, right? This is this is a fun hobby, but if we can get the hobby to at least pay for itself, I think that's, that's a win. I mean, not that we're not winning now. I mean, I'm having a hell of a time. I think you are too. Fantastic time. So, I mean, this is just a lot of fun to do. And if, if we can get it to pay for itself, cool. If not, I think we'll keep doing it for a long time. Yeah, for sure. So, um, if you've been following our Instagram account at all, and if you haven't, you should be. We've been taking a lot of pictures of people in their cosplay. It was interesting. This morning, before I came in, I took a look at uh, the GR Press. uh, Oh, okay. Posted a whole bunch of people that did cosplay. And it was awesome to see about 75 to 90% of the people I saw in there posting 
had come to our booth and we had taken pictures of them. We've as already well. got them. So that was really cool to see. Um, so speaking of which, um, Joe, I know you've been taking a lot of pictures and obviously we've been posting on Instagram. Uh, favorite costumes or cosplay so far? Well, for me, for me, um, one of the favorites uh, early on was this guy was incredibly dressed like like Jafar. Like, oh yeah, I, I mean, it was. It's uncanny. It was unbelievable, unbelievable. I, the care and the time that he took to just what he did with the makeup, like pure makeup on his face, um, the way he sculpted his face with makeup. Right. I mean, he looked like an anim, not just an animation, but live animation for the best way I can say it, because he was. He it wasn't looked like he stepped out of the screen. Yeah, it wasn't like a realistic, but it was like uber realistic. Like he was animation in full form, and it, that guy was amazing. Yeah, if seriously, if you haven't already, I know I keep saying it and hawking it. Go to our Instagram page, uh, our Instagram site. Uh, we're Kybercast. Scroll through it. You'll see it. Uh, you'll see him pretty right away. Um, pretty right away. That's good English. Can you tell as an English major? <laughs> um, Check it out. You'll, you'll see him with the goat person thing. I, I don't know exactly what their cosplay is, and maybe it's just because I'm not geeky enough to know everything about whatever, or maybe he is just a goat person. But anyway, you'll see Jafar there. He's definitely fantastic. Um, one of my more favorite ones, more favorite, geez, it's like I just learned English yesterday. Um, and you're a writer, and you can write. <laughs> right. Give me time, and I'll write down exactly what I want to say, but put me on the spot live, I'm going to step all over my own tongue. As I was saying, one of my uh, favorites for contenders as best costume that I've seen so far was actually the most recent picture that we have on Instagram at this moment. But by the time you listen, it'll probably be further down the page. Um, there was a Black Canary Green Arrow. Yeah, they were great. Cosplay. Really good. That was, I was like, wow, that guy looks almost like Stephen Amell. He was, it was pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah, very, very good. Um, another thing that I like too is I think this guy guy or kid he, he's probably like 13 to 15 but he had the uh the knight from monty python's holy grail oh like, yeah that was that's pretty cool was it just because I, I would never think somebody you know and that's an ageist kind of point of view but i never would think somebody at that age would would really get into but you know that what kind of costume. it's is, awesome and that movie came out what in the 70s yeah and so now i'm gonna show my own age here but i remember on my first 15th birthday my parents let me have a bunch of friends spend the night, and we rented that movie. And I think that's the perfect film to discover when you're 15 years old. Yeah. Because it's made a mark on me. I don't know if I would have loved it as much as I love it now, if I had seen it now. But seeing it at 15, it's that perfect... I don't know, it's, it's, it's hilarious. Obviously, it's Monty Python, but it's that perfect point where it's like... You know, it's not the clean kid humor that you're used to, and but it's not super, super ribald adult humor either. I mean, there, nope. there's some adult in It's kind of like there. watching uh, Looney Tunes. You catch something early, but then when you watch it when you're adult, you catch something late with Monty Python. That That's yeah. really what it is. Like Sir Galahad when he's, uh, yeah, you know, the, the women. The, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you think that's kind of risky and edgy as a kid, but, you know, it's just funny. it doesn't go too far. It's like, like I said, it's that perfect 15-year-old uh, holy cow. I know we're not live, but look at this for Monsters, Inc. coming down. Oh, my God. It's great. That's you know what's cool? He's part of the... Um, they have a whole setting here at Grand Rapids Comic Con where you can play the set of a bedroom and scare the... You know, when they do the uh, testing in the movie. Oh, yeah. And they have the whole bedroom set up for you to dress up as a monster and to scare the, the child that's in the bed... Or, you know, 
Boo? Yeah, boo. And uh, awesome. so you get to test yourself as a monster, so it's really good. Um, one thing I noticed that this, there's two things, well, this thing that I noticed at Comic-Con is that there's a lot of guys out there that are really thanking uh, the Russo brothers right now for the writing of Thor oh, as yeah. a heavy set guy. <laughs> right. Because that created a whole new cosplay for people that don't really want to try that hard. <laughs> but have done well, a great job. Also, done a great job. It, a lot of superheroes are cut. Yeah. Uh, the big Thorbowski yep. is not. And there's a lot of them here. There are a lot of them here, so it's fantastic. That's awesome. We got Sully's driving by here. Shaking Sully's hand right now. How are you? Good to see you. Good, good. Having a good time? Yeah, yeah. It's not scary, Floor, but, you know, it's good. Awesome. Cool. Fantastic. I'm sure you're getting a lot of attention. That is a great cosplay. I'm sure the kids love it. Are you part of the, the, the scare room? Actually, it's mine. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> we were just talking about that. That uh, that was a wonderful exhibit. That people should go visit. That. Yeah. You're welcome. Definitely should. That is fantastic. It's a tribute to my buddy. Oh, nice. That's amazing. Awesome. That is amazing. Well done, my friend. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. You too. Have a great rest of the con. <laughs> he's being followed now by a, it's like a bunch of little kids. They're loving it. It's awesome. And he's having, I mean, kids just love walking up to him. I mean, if you see the smile on this kid's face right now, this, this is what the con's all about, really. Oh, yeah. This is oh, what yeah. it's all about. But going back to it, yeah, the, the, uh, the big Thorbowski, it's an, it's an easy costume, but done well, it can be done exceptionally well. I think the one you've got on Instagram is a particularly good example of the fat Thor, or let himself go Thor, however you want to call him. I, my personal preference is calling him the big Thorbowski, whether or not that's... The official name, the canon name. Right. Um, it's a shame, you know, this one thing I've learned just now, that if we ever... We're able to have an external mic for someone to pick up as they walk by would be cool, but because uh, it's unfortunate, as we were just talking to the gentleman that did this, and it's a tribute to his friend who was telling us that um, built costumes and things, and his friend passed away, and he carried on his tradition and built this uh, huge exhibit for kids to come play. And there's no better evidence than watching probably a 10 year old kid just run up to him and, and oh give my him God, a big he was hug. So excited. It was great. Um, so yeah, Big Thorbowski was a. Uh, a funny costume to me but then another thing that's kind of blowing my mind too is there's like some weird current of Scooby-Doo for some reason yeah I mean flying through this. that was popular cartoon that was a popular cartoon when we were kids and I was saying to Joe it's been what 10-15 years since the movies came out with Freddie Prinze Sarah Michelle Gellar Matthew Lillard and uh, I can't remember her name all of a sudden she's in Dead to Me she was Hawkeye's wife someone I, yeah, yeah. you know who she is we don't have internet access here, so our brain is not nearly as smart as it is when yeah, we're doing a regular yeah, exactly. podcast. So, But anyway, um, so I was saying to him that basically saying to Joe here, you know, those were the little kids that had saw that or had seen that in the theater or whatever or at home. They're, you know, they're now in their teens, 20s. And so 
to them, that's their childhood. So why wouldn't you want to dress up like? Yeah. So I, I guess. Well, the first the first shot I took for Instagram was Velma and Daphne. Yep. So it, it was interesting. I, I, I'd like to find out. Oh, it's just it's one of those things that keeps creeping up. It's like wow, I, you know, you don't think about it. Which, FYI, if you didn't know already and haven't checked it out uh, online, um, the original Mystery Machine is here at the con. Yep. And I saw the same those same two women cosplayers we had. Uh, they were over there, and they got a picture with that as well. Oh, nice. So it was very well done, but our, our picture was better, so go to our Instagram page. <laughs> <laughs> one thing that's funny, uh, not funny, but one thing that is really cool about the people that come here, there's a lot of three-day passers. Yes. And the care of their costumes, but then they come back the next day is something different. Yeah, okay, so um, my sister-in-law stopped by yesterday, right? And um, I ran into her brother. As I walked in, he was like, "Hey, Michael. Hey, how's it going?" I was like, "He's like, I walked by yesterday. You yelled at me." I'm like, "I did." He goes, "Yeah, I was dressed like Deadpool." Well, that's why I didn't see you. Right, I'm gonna see you through it. But he, I think was he? I, I got I forgot to ask him. Is he the Deadpool that we saw him first as in cowboy gear, but then later saw him with like uh, Hello Kitty? He seemed to be morphing because he kept changing. The yeah, there was a Deadpool that came out. He's the yeah. I don't kept, know if it's the same Deadpool because obviously cause, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. There have been a fair number of Deadpools here, but yeah. More back to Joe's point. If okay, we've seen a lot of anime and ma- manga costumes. Yep. So many that I'm like, I don't know what that is. A lot of, um, I mean, obviously, you know, Thorbosky, We've seen a few of those. Um, a lot of Harley Quinns. But by far, I think the the biggest, other than anime and manga, I would say the biggest costume that I've seen are Scooby Doo. Yeah. Which is. It blows my mind. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like I said, I, I explained why I think it is, but I the number of costumes I've seen people cosplay cosplaying like that is just so high. We just had a a, a father daughter walk by as uh, Luke and Ray, which was, was cool. Awesome. It was a cool costume. Uh, so this is something different. We've you know we had Friday Saturday. This is the Sunday crowd. I'm, I'm curious to see how big it gets. We had a really good crowd yesterday. Uh, Many, many people coming through. I will say, so here it is. Uh, I don't know when you'll be listening to this uh, listener and podcast aficionado out there, but right now it is Sunday morning for us. Uh, yesterday, Saturday, was insanely busy. Yeah. Up until about... Until the cosplay show came on at 5 o'clock. I would say it dropped off around 2.33. I mean, not crazy, but there was a precipitous drop, and then it stayed pretty steady for a while, but... Yeah, but by 5, 5.30, it was getting pretty quiet here. Yeah. But like you said, it was the cosplay contest. So um, I the first thing I noticed when I rolled in this morning is that uh, it was much more chill. I mean, finding a parking spot was way easy compared yeah. to yesterday. And right now, it's it's busy. I mean, you can hear the ambient noise in the background. It's it's definitely a, a, a busy hall this morning. This is, it, this is West Michigan, and I'm assuming that, um, you know, West Michigan Sunday mornings mean something different to a lot of people. So I'm guessing after a certain period of time. Yeah. So they'll probably hopefully come in at that time. So I'm, I'm wondering if it's going to get busier as the day gets on or goes on. Or Again, I can't speak English when I'm on the mic. <laughs> it's early, too, man. I mean, it's... It is early, and, and not that anyone out there needs to know this, but I'm kind of struggling on five and a half hours of sleep because dumb me that I am double booked uh, and forgot that I had bought tickets to see the Interrupters in Detroit last night. Me and my partner, Shaley, were supposed to uh, we were supposed to make a night of it. We were going to go and see some friends and get a hotel room and 
have breakfast, maybe have tramic, and then slowly make our way back home. And then, uh, what was it, about two weeks ago, I was like, that's the same weekend as the con. I can't do that. So Joe was cool. He, he didn't freak out too much when I left a little bit early last night. No. Um, so we literally jetted from here, got to Detroit, grabbed something to eat, totally missed the first two bands, which was fine. I don't really care for opening acts. But went to a concert in Detroit, loved the concert, jumped in the car, drove back home, went to bed, got up at the con again. So it's a rough morning. You'll make it. You're a tough guy. I, I am tough. I'm I'm stronger than death. Is that how it goes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So we, you know, Michael did a really great job. He got us press passes. Um, if there's any kind of thing that we need to learn or I need to learn is how do we make those press passes a little more valuable than just something around my neck. And I don't quite have the chops to, like, really go up to somebody that, you know, you consider uh, a celebrity or somebody you admire and try and get an interview out of them. This is what makes great podcasts with producers. Like, you know, there's producers for these podcasts that make, you know, like the Mark Marins and those of the world. They go out and they, they line things up and the podcaster doesn't have to do that. Um, and that's their, that's like their, you know, their thing to do. They go and find those podcasts and um, those podcast guests because they line them up and the podcasters right. don't, just have to worry about doing what they do. Um, long story short, you know, I, I made no bones. I would love to have interviewed um, Timothy Zahn. Uh, hey, you told him that, didn't you? I did. I, I mean, I did say, hey, we're, if you like it, and, you know, he didn't really, then it wasn't going to push. He probably gets that. You know, I'm sure he gets it all the time. Who, Who I mean, he doesn't know you from any other fanboy. Exactly. So. But I will tell you this, that he was extremely, extremely nice. Uh, I talked to him for about 20 minutes um, at, at his booth. Uh, I can paraphrase a few things. I, I did get some... It's not inside scoop. It's, it's it's allowable. But we did talk about the new Thrawn series that he's writing um, right now. That's going to take place before the current trilogy. So a prequel trilogy. A, a prequel trilogy to the Thrawn series. And this is not the Heir to the Empire reboot. It's a different set of novels. Well, and there we go. There, again, the wonders of uh, recording remotely. And now we wait to see if We he's think done. he's done. He's done. And yes, I think he's done. Okay, so back to my Timothy Zahn. Yes. Uh, so I talking to him about the the new Thrawn trilogy that he's working on is going to be a prequel to the current one, which I'm reading Treason right now. I did get a book sign for the Kyber cast. He was very cool with that, about Why that. Why wouldn't you? And um, but it was interesting because he told me that you know he's only allowed to do everything pre Rebels, which makes sense because I think. It's already been well established. Yeah. Filoni is the one that's going to be making all the calls. Well, there's nothing established he's going to do anything. Filoni has first rights gotcha. to make it. Gotcha, gotcha. So that's what I was asking him. I go, are you know, he's like, no, Dave Filoni has first rights to create a new story around that. And so whether that happened or not, because he's so in, enthralled with the Mandalorian, and so who knows where he's going to go. I like to think that Filoni is going to have um, maybe at least production of another animated series. So... My guess is Thrawn will probably end up in an animated series well, at some point. Let me throw this out there, and I think you've mentioned this before on a previous podcast. We both kind of agree, without any kind of insider information at all, that we wouldn't be surprised if Kathleen Kennedy, right, you know, retired sometime January, February next year. It's pretty obvious that Filoni is a fan favorite, and there's a significant portion of the fandom that would love him to be the showrunner, if you will, 
of the Star Wars universe. So, now do I think do we think he would be promoted to a Kathleen Kennedy level? I don't know if that high, but I'm thinking going forward. I think Feige is going to have a much bigger influence than right. just the one film that right. we already know about. Uh, I don't know if they're going to make a cabal of like Feige, Filoni, and Favreau, but I could see that happen. Yeah, for sure. I think it's going to be inevitable. Um, yeah. But ba- back here at the con, my goal today is it's not a huge goal. I want to meet Paul Blake, Greedo, the man who played Greedo in the original Star Wars film. And uh, so I'll, I'll get that done today. Get something signed for the KyberCast. I'll have it signed for that. My thing for the brand yesterday, I know you said you went and talked to uh, Timothy Zahn. I ran, ran over and fanboyed hard in front of Gail Simone. Um, I knew she was coming to the con. I think she got here Wednesday and had posted. She's, if you're a fan of Gail Simone, you already know that she's very active on social media, on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, also, I think on Instagram, but more so the other two. Um, big fan of her work. More uh, for me, especially her Birds of Prey run from about ten-ish so years ago. So I just went over. I didn't get anything signed because I didn't bring anything from that uh, collection. But I just went on over and told her how much I appreciated her work and totally fanboyed hard and left her our card and our booth number. Said, you know, if you'd love to, you know, if you want to talk, we'd love to have you for a little bit. Will she come over? I, I doubt it, but you know we're in a better she, position now than yesterday when you asked her to do it because we're actually set up today. <laughs> yes, yes, as you can hear, we're set up. So uh, it'd be awesome if she did, but you know, I, I realized for her that you know, like Timothy Zahn, like Jim Shooter, like Gail Simone, they're here also not only as fan service, but they're here to make some money too. This is this is that's how I make some living, yeah, for sure. So you know, if she leaves her booth for ten minutes, that's ten minutes she's not selling. Her wares. I think, you know, you, you've hit at something that's interesting, you know, and I don't know what it's like to be somebody who writes or produces comic books, and I think people probably have a misconception that, like, they must be rich. And I'll bet you, you know, her salary is not what people think it is. I mean, they, you know what I mean? Like, just because, like, even, even Jim Shooter, right, over here, who's done, you know, editor-in-chief for Marvel and, and all that, probably I mean, not what we think. It's not Stan Lee. It's not Stan Lee money, right? No, definitely. Well, Stan Lee stayed, you know, employed by Marvel up until the end. Right. Um, well, here's, you know, if you're a comic fan, maybe you know this already, maybe you don't. But the vast majority of comic book professionals are freelancers. Right. So they're, they're there's contractors. No, right. right. They're contractors. So things have gotten better in, well, I'm saying they're better. I'm not a comic book artist or in any way, shape, or form. So I, I, I don't know how much better, but now with trades being so much more predominant than they used to be, yeah, they get a cut of trades. So if you sell something fantastic, you're going to get a cut of that while it's sold. And if it's something, you know, super famous like Watchmen, right, or maybe like more recently Batman Hush that was in the last 10 years, you're going to get a cut of that, you know, every time it's sold and published and all that. I don't know how big a cut, but at least it's some kind of income. Uh, but most comic book professionals are just that. They're completely independent. They're contractors. So if they're banking on their name. When they're here at this con, this is income for them. Right. They don't get, like, if somebody writes for Batman as a contractor or Superman or Spider-Man, right. they have no significant return on the character because they don't own that character, right? Exactly. Right? So, now, someone like Brian Michael Bendis, who is now kind of in charge of Legion of Superheroes right now and the whole Batman side of DC yeah 
he is on a contract for them. Uh, he is on a, um, what do they call it, an exclusive contract. So he is an employee of DC right now. So he gets, he gets, you know, the health care. Right. He gets, you know, a, a salary. And he gets, a, I'm sure he gets a percentage of sales somewhere along the line. So he's doing pretty well for himself. And years ago, you know how every year, I, I'm, I probably sound old when I say this, but Parade, Parade Magazine that used to come in Sunday presses if people got them. Uh, I don't even know if it still exists, but they used to do the uh, the income issue, where they go through and kind of give you a smattering of everyone's income right. throughout the U.S. And Mark Wade, still a comic book writer, still fantastic. He was on the cover of that one years and years ago, probably 15 plus years ago now. And his showed Mark Wade, comic book writer, two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. That's a that's a pretty good income. That's a great income for you're right. But he was exclusive then, right? And he was hot. He's still ready now, and he's still fantastic, and I'm sure he makes a very good wage. But these exclusive contracts are, what, a year, two years, maybe three yeah, years? Right. I mean, they can extend them, but eventually someone, like, well, again, going back to Bendis, he was with Marvel for 10, 15 years. Right. I'm sure he's doing very well. I know he was consulted on the movies, and he was executive producer on some of the animated shows. So I'm pretty certain Michael Brian Michael Bendis is set. But that's modern if he, times. If he, if he kept his money. Jim Shooter, who crossed the way from us, right. he didn't have any of that. Nope. So he's here. This is probably his bread and butter right now. I see, you know, he still does comic work. But yep. I can see from here he's got stacks of stuff. He's selling and signing. This is, you know, Gail Simone. She was contracted for DC for a while. I don't know what her current situation is. I didn't look it up. But she's contract too. So this is, this is money for her. Um... So yeah, back to the authors. In fact, we have a, a great booth mates over here that um, Leanne Kelly is an author and she's putting out a book called Bloodlines. It's out for sale here. And we had a good conversation about what authors really get. Like I, I buy Kindle a lot. You know, and I didn't know that you know, authors don't get as much from a Kindle. So when you come to a show like this, it's really helpful when you meet an author or a comic book writer to actually purchase the physical book. You get it signed for one. Right. Right. And... For two, you're really helping out the author. So, you know, I I still prefer, you know, printed books. I, I admit that. I mean, they're always HD, and you can take them to the beach and drop them in the sand, and they're fine. They work just fine. Later. My Kindle's both of those too. So, I, I'm not gonna lie, and I'll do both. Like I, I bought <laughs> no, I do the both Timothy too. Zahn book. I bought. I already had it on Kindle. I'm halfway through it, and I still bought it to, no, to support. I I prefer paper books, but let's face it, it's really hard to beat the convenience. And the price. And less paper used, you know? Well, yeah. It's okay, too. Uh, yeah, there's... there's the pros that. and cons for both. Yeah. But when, when you see a book that you're thinking about reading and it's two bucks, and you're like, I can load all the books I've ever bought onto my Kindle and bring it with me. Pretty pretty yeah. tough. And the thing lasts for a month. Charged. Right. I mean, that's it's not like an iPhone every other day. Right. Um, so, yeah, we, we've got a few things that we've done so far. We've got day three here. Um... My guess is we're going to wind up this first version here and we'll come back to uh, and record a little bit later and how it goes. Try and meet some people. And we'll keep this set up and we can hit record pretty much any time, right? Yeah. Yeah, save it and we go. So I think for now, we can sign out for now. It's already been 40 minutes. It's usually longer than our regular podcast. There we go. So we're going to sign off for now. We're going to uh, meet some people because I feel like as people walk by, we're not even getting the chance to actually meet and greet with them. And uh, we'll come back to this and kind of wrap it up and 
tell you all about the rest of Grand Rapids Comic Con who've been great to us. And uh, so, until we come back, we'll talk to you soon. See you soon. Hey, we're getting down to our last hour here at the Grand Rapids Comic Con. We're going to start winding it down. It's been one heck of a weekend. I'm not going to lie, I'm, I'm starting to get really pretty tired. We've had some great guests come by. Michael got himself some bunch of trade magazines there, some trade comics. Yeah, just a few. I spent uh, $90 for a few hundred dollars worth of comics because that's what I do. I'm. We are in West Michigan, so if you're not Dutch, you're not much, so... I hope I'm not offending anyone, but I am also Dutch, so it fits. I can make that joke. <laughs> I got to meet the one and the only Paul Blake, Greedo. who played Greedo in the original Star Wars. We have uh, crying kids, so you know it's the end of the day that are walking That's by. how you know we're live, people. That's how you know we're actually here. The crying kids. <laughs> she just wants a piece of candy. So I got to say, you know... One thing that happened today, and it's a shout out to Jesse. We had some a listener come by who found us randomly and been listening to us, and just came by to say hi. And that's it's an awesome feeling when that happens. It was way cool, especially seeing as he didn't find us through any of the means in which we've been pimping ourselves as of late. He just noted he was looking for a Star Wars podcast, rolled through the roll, and saw our title Kybercast. And being a hardcore Star Wars geek, knew that Kyber meant Kyber Crystal. And he figured that was for him. And the fact that he was local and we were local was just a bonus for him. Yep, and if uh, another shout-out is if you, uh, our good friend Alan Shell from the Neon Club. He's our booth uh, partners over here on the right of us, and he had some artwork that he was saying all weekend. He's been fun guy to hang out with. And uh, check him out at alanshell76 on Instagram. Told him I'd give him a shout-out, so hey. That's very nice of you, Joe. Did you pimp our other neighbor here, Leanne I did. Kelly? I did, yep, earlier in the, bo- in the podcast. Okay, and I... And you, you've already heard. Uh, what's your final takeaway of this, Michael? What, what, uh, what's your feeling? It's it's different being on this side of the con, if you will. I'm not. I've only ever enjoyed a con as a fan, as a participant of the fan side. Now, like I said, I've been to many cons. I've I have had friends that have worked in various entertainment industries that let me in uh, as guests of them. But I was always just a fan. I never had to work the con, if you will. Now I realize. We're not shilling art or services or anything. We're just we're basically just shilling ourselves and our geek podcast. But still, we had to work the con, and that was a, that was a different way to uh, experience the con. What do you think? Yeah, very much so. Um, again, being able to just talk to the public is something I don't normally do, uh, and see people as they go by. Uh, you know, seeing the costumes and and being a part of this whole event has been a real learning experience for me. Not only from uh, trying to record and those kind of things, those say kind of situations. But we met uh, a ton of other podcasters, like I said earlier. And you know, even during the break, we met another uh, audio engineer that that came by, and very helpful people that have given us tips and some things to to get better. And, and that's our goal is to get better. But I, I got to say, overall, Grand Rapids Comic Con has been a, a, a really great success for us, and really. Interacting with the people has probably been the best part of it. Would we have loved to have interviewed some people? Absolutely. And it may still happen. We have the means to do it and, you know, as we grow in this in this field. Um, but I'm thankful to anybody who's listened, anybody who's shared, anybody who's come by to say hi. You yep. know, it's been uh, a great con for me, and I, I think Michael and I are talking about doing it next year, uh, which means we've got a lot of podcasts in between to get better. <laughs> 
52, in fact. Actually, yeah. no, it's going to be a little bit later next year. So we got just over 52 weeks. Right. So about 52 podcasts, give or take. Yeah. So that, that should bring us to a, a nice number. Um, we also, it might be possible that we'll be in uh, Capital City Comic Con. Possibly when we'll be talking with them. Uh, we had a good conversation with them, but that's uh, something. That's, you know, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, that's something to look forward to fairly far in the future. They go next September, but we'll be talking to them. We'll see what happens. I plan on being around then. Hopefully you too, Joe, and yep. make something happen. Yeah, and if Disney's listening, we would love to uh, come down to anything you want us to do. I'm 100% certain yeah, Disney we'll, is listening. Yeah, I'm sure they are. I know Kevin does. He sends uh, stuff to us all the time. So, Kevin, if you're out there. Kevin Feige is a big fan. Yeah. So I'm going to call that a wrap here at uh, the Grand Rapids Comic Con. It's been a wonderful experience. Met some really great people. Made some new friends. Recorded some new things. Check out our Instagram again of all the... Uh, participants in the cosplay that have stopped by our booth that we've had the luxury of taking their picture yeah that's really where we've been busiest this weekend so definitely check out the instagram there's all kinds of photos and they're fantastic so many good costumes you can find us at kybercast on instagram at kybercast on at kybercast on twitter and kybercast on facebook oh yeah and one thing if you are listening uh hopefully you've already found us but if you hear this on our website or through some other means and you would prefer to listen to us on Spotify, we realized this weekend that Spotify is especially, especially uh, particular. If you want to find us on Spotify, you have to search for The Space Kybercast. Uh, but other than that, uh, we've had a, like you said, it's been a great con. I've loved interacting with everyone, and I look forward to doing it again next year. Absolutely. So that's going to take us to the end here. This has been a special podcast edition of the KyberCast coming to you from the Grand the Rapids Comic The floor of the Grand, oh, the Grand Rapids, Rapids Comic Con. Yeah. So we look, uh, we look forward to hearing t- uh, from you guys soon and seeing you guys out there. What a piece of junk.